Welcome to the Mindful Speaking Podcast Show. This is episode eight. This is Motivational Monday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you woke up out of the bed this morning saying saying to yourself that you're ready to go. And that also you have a whole new outlook. Uh, we have adapted a whole new outlook moving forward with everything that's been going on and everything that's been happening on a social level. And it's been a bit tragic, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so much to talk about here. But it's been a bit tragic over the last two, three weeks since uh, the killing of George Floyd. And the last podcast that I talked about was uh, when I went to Le- when I went to London and I was speaking and a part of the protest there. Um, I don't remember what day. I think it was the 3rd of June. And uh, being a part of that and then just walking the streets in London and, 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 and also being a part of the group who also feel that sort of oh man that emotion i can't even i can't put a label on it because it's it's a confusing mixed one but however uh just going to london being a part of that and also talking to a couple of police officers and 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 sharing my thoughts and sharing their thoughts and just sharing uh certain things that we're both thinking about everything that's going on so uh we're not gonna get into that too much but when i when i came back from london came to Bristol, I came back to Bristol, and then I came to um, the, pro- the, the, again, a BLM movement, or BLM protest on the 7th of June, which was not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And when we came back to that one, that was um, that was probably one of the most peaceful protests ever been, <laughs> that I've ever seen. Not too much, no, in fact, put it like this, there wasn't even... There was nothing to be worried about. Let's put it like that. Because Bristol in itself is such a diverse city that uh, different cultures, different backgrounds, different ethnic groups, like it's not even it's not even a problem. I think one of the things with Bristol is that even though the, the, the I mean, the majority is the majority, there still is the minority. But however, the minority is not a small community i guess if we want to put it like that so i think there's a lot of appreciation in a sense where in a sense where minorities in bristol are welcomed and they're made they're made to be they're made to be feeling like they're part of the family and also home too so um it's now i'm not saying that's everywhere but however i think walking through town and getting the gist and also be being a part of the protest we can get a sense that there's a welcoming for um, a welcoming for minority and ethnic groups. So, so yeah. But however, I uh, went to the protests in Bristol, me and my missus, and uh, met up with a couple, couple of other friends and family members, and uh, went down, walked through, and uh, walked through in, with the with a massive group. Like it was thousands. It was so many people there. Like I was. I was quite surprised, but I wasn't surprised by the number of people that were there. So, um, it was interesting to see. Yeah, that's why I love Bristol so much. Is because it's like there's this there's this unity in the city that gives you that feeling of appreciation. Like you don't really have to. I want to say you don't have to worry much, but people in Bristol, Bristolians are essentially lovely people. I mean, if we go. It, well, I mean, Bristolians is in the people that are here. I mean, I I think English people are typ- are, are typically lovely people anyway. But there's something about the heart of Bristol 
that you just feel as though you're welcomed or you're appreciated. So, um, a qu- funny thing, interesting thing. Okay, even after going through the march a little bit, so we went from the uh, council, city council, Bristol City Council, walked through, walked through town a little bit. Um, but then the interesting thing was I didn't see this until afterwards, but there was the Edward Colston Tower was taken down in the heart of Bristol. And interestingly enough, um, I, I know that everybody was around and everybody was um, everybody was like standing around for a while. But because we were so far back in the in the group or in the uh, in in the group of people or amongst the protests or whatever, we didn't exactly know what was going on. And given the fact that I am six eight, I should be seeing what's going on in front of me. But I couldn't because everybody had their posters up, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> and um, I didn't. I wasn't able to see, so I didn't exactly know what was going on. Now, bearing in mind, I did see a group of well, just people that was standing up on top of this building or not building, but on top of something where the statue stands on. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, I didn't, you know, I'm just, I'm, I heard somebody say, oh, they took, they've taken something down, but I'm like, taking what down? I, unfortunately, I haven't even, I didn't even notice. Um, I didn't even notice that that statue was even there. And so, uh, yeah, we walked through. Okay. Walk through. Then we got to a point uh, where we stood around watching everybody and stuff like that, and then ended up going uh, towards going through city center, as in like where the shops and stuff are, and then we walk up to Castle Park, and there was a massive group of people there, massive group like everybody from the protests and stuff like that coming around the park and sitting there, um, relaxing, chilling, and listening to other people speak and stuff like that, and because we were so far, not far, but behind far enough behind the where everybody was sitting down where you really couldn't hear what people were saying um kind of missing out a little bit on the messages that was being passed but managed to catch up with it afterwards but so we left the park left the park and went with my missus of course we had to go get some food because <laughs> uh, we was both getting hungry it's been a long week oh my god last week was was it last? Yeah, last week. Not last week, but the week before was such a long week. So um, it's been quite an interesting one. It, it, w- it was quite an interesting one in terms of an emotional roller coaster or feeling like something something has been thrown at you and you wasn't really adapted or you wasn't really ready for what was coming. So uh, it's just more about the bounce back. But we ended up leaving the part and get some food and then uh came home and then my missus showed me the video of them taking down the tower in in the city center where we were standing at and so it was a guy named edward coaston as i mentioned earlier and basically he was uh he was a person who had something to do with the the uh slave trade and everything that was going on uh from the slave well, during the slavery times in in 1700s 1800s or so and um yeah basically used to be a slave owner on a lot of land with a ship helping the ship slaves and get them moving and all sorts of other stuff so which is quite interesting to look into so i didn't even know any any of that until until as of recent and so it's glad to know that they ended up taking him down 
And to add the trend that came with that, <laughs> you know, Bristol's a Bristol's an interesting place, and I love it so much. But the that video ended up going viral, and because that video went viral, then it probably no, not it probably, but it 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 encouraged and motivated other people to do it around the country and around the world, where there were statues that basically gently remind gently remind people in society that oh they once used to be a slave owner or they once used used to have something to do with racism or they once used to do this or once used to be like that so which is uh which is definitely something that i i am not against you know i don't want to see a slave owner <laughs> at least a statue that or to say the least a statue still being up and being gently reminded that oh yeah i used to i used to be a slave owner and then, because in, in your mind, you're thinking like, well, dang, I don't even own my ancestors. So you might have even remembered my, he might have even owned my own, my own ancestors. So, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but anyway, moving forward um, with way, where we are now, George Floyd has been such um, an interesting, it's been an interesting take with everything that's going on like yeah it affected me in a, in a certain in a certain sense because nobody should have to be murdered or or even die like that especially something or especially in the hands of law enforcement who are meant to protect and serve the public and defend the public from any sort of any sort of violence but i just want to talk about the the true feeling here, I just want to share this real quick, but the true feeling here as to what it feels like and what true emotion really comes to mind when we when we think about George Floyd as a black man, okay? And just bear with me here. But I was telling my missus the other day, you know, people are using George Floyd's uh, criminal convictions or charges or anything that he's done within that's basically bringing up his past to say like oh this is what it is so while we are putting on putting him on a pedestal and stuff like that okay fine the man the man did whatever he did however that does not justify the officer's actions but and 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 here's where we really look in between when he had his knee on his neck it just gently reminded not just the black community but also the male community the black male community the black man community that that is essentially what it feels like when not just life is on top of you when opportunities seem to not come your way when you seem to try and get up but you're pressed down so hard that at some point it does feel like you cannot breathe. And not just, not only just that, but then when we're bringing up police brutality and the history of it, we're talking about Rodney King beating, which sparked the Watts riots. We're talking about the Eric Gardner case. We're talking about uh, even Breonna Taylor. We're also talking about other guys and other individuals, for example, um, the Wall Street, Black Wall Street, and oh man, what's the what's the guy's name? 
it was Sarah Page and Dick Rowland, okay? And we're talking about just the indiscrimination, Sarah Page, right, is the white girl at the time, where um, that, that got Dick Rowland in trouble. And Dick Rowland was a black male, by the way. And this whole thing, he was a, he was a black shoeshine, and this is out of Tulsa. This is this basically leads on to the Tulsa massacre. But the uh, the white, well, the young lady, young white lady, said that he raped him, or he raped her, and she uh, ran off the she ran out of the elevator screaming it, and then it left the young man in a position defenseless, and it's like all odds against him. And all odds are going to eat him, chew him up, spit him out, and not just spit him out, but also also uh, target the black community. And that's essentially what happened. So, um, which that's that's another part of that's another part of history. But however, just the the feeling of being suppressed and oppressed for so long when you are a, you're just trying to do whatever you can to try and get on your feet, but you have un, absolutely unnecessary forces that are just holding you holding you down, holding your breath down as well. That's the feeling that comes to mind when it comes to trying to do whatever you can as a young black man to make sure that you are at least in a position to attract opportunities and try to succeed and try to do whatever you can to win. And we've tried to win when all the odds are against you. That's that in itself is almost a level of pressure, but it's unnecessary pressure. Like it's almost as though no one expects you to try and no one expects you, but they do expect you. You know, it's like a love hate sort of thing. Like how can I how can I rise if I'm constantly pressed down? But then it's whether where does the pressure come from in the society and in the black community? The pressure comes from the system, you know, the system of which is set up and how it's set up in a way where only certain people in life are only actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Only given a chance to actually succeed and actually do well. And they don't have to worry about much. Whereas in the black community, a lot has been broken down. And I get, you know, a lot has been broken down um, from certain things that have happened in the hit in history or historically, and which is unfair in in terms of how black the the black community and the black population was treated coming from Africa and then uh, being shipped and, or being discovered by the Portuguese and then and then taking people from Africa and moving them into the slave trade to build their empires and then. We have the Caribbeans, and then we have United States and England coming in, and it just uh it, it just kind of sums it up because then not only does does that happen, but then when we end up uh, when the black community and the black populations end up coming to certain places, it was how they was treated that makes it even more depressing, and even more infuriating for the black community to later then discover. In terms of how they was treated, <laughs> this requires a lot of research. But um, from what I heard, I mean, there was there was branding, and and we know what branding is. But slaves were branded as to who they belong, who they belong to, 
and um, when they were when they were branded, of course, they were treated like property. And property, unfortunately, some of these slaves back then, I mean, $10 isn't now, but some slaves weren't, weren't worth any more than $10. In fact, how does, how does other human life become property? You know, how does that even make sense? Um, not only that, but then going to their, going to the fields of wherever it is that they were bought from and then being, being shipped to or being sold to or being sent to. We're talking about field, field, field treatment and field treatment. You can imagine it was un, unbearable, you know, being whipped and being, uh, being punished and being all, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of experiences to then some, and I can, I can imagine that in some places, um, slave owners probably, probably lynched some of the slaves because they weren't no good anymore or either they had done something wrong so their punishment was death you know it's just and stuff like that to then fighting for freedom um i'm talking about american history here by the way but we're talking about the american civil war and the uh and after the american civil war came the emancipation proclamation by abraham lincoln and then he was able to, I guess he was writing the fact that slavery, well, he was trying to, he basically tried to say that slavery, <laughs> slavery has been abolished except for slaves. But however, slavery has, has taken a whole new turn and has, has basically went into a whole new path of direction. So, um, and the reason for that is because slaves, uh, for those who were arrested, in fact, for those who are arrested and charged of a criminal conviction or or indicted for a certain action or whatever the case is, um, they then became slaves. So what did they do? They basically took this this law and basically twisted it to say, okay, you know what? The African American population is free, but if we get them on a if we get them for doing something wrong, if basically this is where the police comes in. Uh, if the police come in and they catch that these that, that anybody in the African community, African American community, or Black community is doing something wrong, then um, they could be charged, and then they will be charged to the fullest extent of whatever the case is. And then guess what? They then become a prisoner. Okay, become a prisoner, and guess what? Now, uh, now they end up. Um, I'm sorry. I just had a brain freeze. Now they end up becoming a slave um, in terms of within the prison system. And that's that's kind of how it went about. So, which later became um, a twist. And it kind of took a, took a strange turn as we go down the history line or go down the timeline. And now the thing is, when we're talking about systemic or systematic racism, and we're talking about systematic oppression, it's one thing to feel down, okay, but then be able to get to be able to be bounced back or be able to bounce back. But it's one thing to feel down, and every time you come up, you go, you get end up, you end up getting pushed down. You get back up, you get pushed down. You get pushed down every time you try to get up. And what the frustration or where the frustration comes, if we're linking it within today is that every time the black community has tried to do whatever they can to try and succeed and get up together, there's been a level of pressure or a level of brutal force that has made them or made us 
feel like we're down or feel like we're not um, meaningful in society and we don't have an existence or we don't have a meaning for life. And at some point, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating because you're, you're doing this on purpose and you're doing this because you just want to have a level of control over that person. It's like you constantly want us to experience a glass ceiling. And that glass ceiling eventually will get broken. And don't think just because that the black community isn't able to bounce back or they not we're not able to recover so well. Don't think we won't come back stronger because I promise you we will. Coming back stronger from a devastating um a devastating experience is what we're best known for. And and it's one of those things where We've we've stood up, we've stayed strong, we've tried to do whatever we can to try and make the best as to the life that we've been given and where where we've been thrown at. And it's almost it's almost like constantly that we are not. It's almost like we're constantly made to feel like we are not good enough. And don't get me wrong, it's not just the U.S., U.K. as well. We're talking about systemic racism. In fact, systemic racism here in the UK was just as bad. Maybe not on the on the on the most historic level where it's being taught in schools and stuff like that. But however, British uh, UK has a deep dark history in terms of black black history, which is something I'm gonna go and in, go into research for eventually. I mean, I've only came across a little bit, but I can imagine that there's a ton of it. Um, there was a, there was a, in fact how how black people were treated in World War in both World Wars one and two actually I can imagine that uh, well just like just like veterans now but every time they come back from a war and they return back to the society where they came from they get treated as though they're nothing and unfortunately uh, black people in in wars who who well, who fought in wars for England and probably the U S as well were made to feel like they're not worthy or they're not good enough or they aren't built for to be in the army. So it's uh, it's quite interesting because they had segregation um, in the army just as much as the U.S. did as well. But there was segregation in the army. Uh, I heard about this story. I heard about this story between two sailors who, who just fought in the war and they came back to Manchester. And... Um, basically it was a it was a fight between two black sailors and a white mob now now bearing in mind the mob is is it was i heard it was like over 100 to 200 people somewhere around there it might be it might have been even more but however they they basically ganged up on these two sailors um bearing in mind they're black british black black british sailors and uh they was protecting themselves so they end up getting getting into a fight one got lynched, if I'm not mistaken, or one was murdered, and then the other one, the other one in the t- at the time was uh, was 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 said if you don't if you if you don't if you don't run we'll kill you, and basically where they were they was in a they was in a, by a dock or by a river, and what they had to what he had to do was he ended up having to he ended up, because he knew he wasn't gonna be able to fight all two hundred people whatever. He ended up going to. He ended up jumping into the river, and swimming for his life. And what what they ended up doing was the mob. They had rocks, and was when they had rocks, they was throwing at it, throwing, throwing the rocks 
at him while he was swimming. And um, unfortunately, while he was trying to cross the river, rocks was being thrown at him. He ended up getting he ended up getting murdered. And so it's just it's just little stuff like that. Um, that's another thing to touch on was was uh, is interracial interracial relationships that took place here in the UK at the time when blacks and whites were meant to be separate. So um, there was a story that I read the other day or heard about, and it was the fact that there was a white woman with a black man and she ended up getting her teeth knocked out of her because she was with a black man, and which is quite interesting. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't recall what ended up happening to the black man, but he probably had to run away because he knew that he might end up facing something else, which is quite interesting. But there's, I, I can imagine there's so much more stories and so many more things that you just think like, wow, like that's actually, that's actually pretty deep, pretty dark and deep. So, um, and what we thinking about today in terms of where we are as a community and as a society, we have such a long, long way to go. And why is that? It's because we have, now we have the lefts. It, it just looks like this. You either have people who are or people who are against. And when we're talking about the differences, we're talking about how we're talking about how there's a group of people that are trying to fight for the right cause and trying to stand up and trying to end this. But then you have these group of people who are standing here arguing against and saying, you know what? No, let's keep it going. Let's 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 keep this thing is how it is. Let's not change anything. Oh, nothing's wrong. You guys are just pulling out the black cards or you guys are trying to do the X, Y and Z just to just to just to uh, get your way, you know, and stuff like that. And it's it's just one of those things. It's like, <laughs> can we not get a break here? Like how? <laughs> first of all, first of all, those people who are against um, not wanting to end racism or not wanting to end police brutality or not wanting to change the fact that they are socioeconomic inequalities, the fact that they are not wanting to end systematic oppression, you know, and all those indiscriminatory acts and ways of thinking and thoughts and feelings, those people who don't want that to change and would rather much stand their ground within that sort of mindset. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Those ones are the ones that will keep the, the the energy of racism alive because there are those who truly believe that, oh, you know what? We are actually different. We're not the same. You are actually meant to be suppre- uh, oppressed and you are actually meant to be a part of that uh, um, um, part of society. And you are actually meant to be treated like an animal X, Y and Z. Those people are the ones that definitely not not only just keep the the race the issue of racism alive but those are the ones who unfortunately remain ignorant and remain in a state of um of denial that there are things in society that are actually wrong you know and i was i've been looking at videos of videos and researching things that there are those who 
actually stand their ground like in America and probably here in England as well. But in America where they're carrying, um, where there was a, where there's, in fact, this is in Clemson somewhere, where there was a group of cars or there was a line of cars driving through Clemson and they was going to downtown and they all had the Confederate flag, Confederate flags. And the Confederate flags of, of America represent the South and the Southern unity um, and those who actually stand up for, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> stand up for slavery, stand up for, stand up for racism and stand up for injust. Like they, they love that. They want that. That's what they want. They actually believe that uh, minority, black and minority ethnic groups are meant to, meant to be suppressed. Those are, the, those are those kind of people um, that are going through towns and going through countries and saying that yeah this is this shouldn't this shouldn't this should stay the same this shouldn't change and you know those those kind of people stuck in that sort of ignorance are I don't even I'm still I'm just confused I am generally confused trying to understand why are some people the way they are when it comes to that like where where is I mean it's an implicit bias it's a it's a bias that is that is associated with certain words. Like if we think about it, okay, I'm gonna run you. I'm gonna run th- run you through this actually. So, if we think about um, a white man and a black man, okay, uh, just picture two faces. One on the left is a black man, and the one on the right is a is a white man. Okay, and I'm not trying to use the race card, but I just want to give a. I'm just going to give you um, an, an an example of biases. So, take underneath. I have I have different words. Okay, I'm going to give you about six maybe, and I'm going to give you different words just so that um, you can understand. Well, okay, this makes sense. This connects to that, and just just basically put that one word under whatever person you think that that person may be. Okay, and I'm just, I'm just, don't worry. I'm just saying it as an example. Okay, so here we go. Six, six words. Gardener. Athlete. Lawyer. Doctor. Artist. As in art artist, as in one who paints pictures. Uh, pilot. And a and an engineer. Okay, when you think about it, if you go back to the words and you go back to those pictures, those pictures on the face, those faces actually, you slowly start slowly start to see. Okay, I associated this word. You can even write it down. Actually, you could associate this word with this, or this word with that face, or this word with that face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, the interesting thing is, is that. If you if there were certain words like let's say for example if you athlete if you associated that with black, then that in itself tells you that oh, all athletes must be black, or if he's black he must be an athlete. Now that's that's a stereotype. That's a stereotype, and best believe I get that every single day. Yes, I'm six foot eight and I'm a black man. Okay, fine, understandable. You know my height's gonna give it give it away that. I could potentially play sport, but they always say never judge a book by its cover. Now, um, I could be a lawyer. I could be whatever I want to put my mind to. I could be a speaker. I could be a mentor. I could be a coach. I could be a, 
I could be a teacher. I could be a person that I could be a health physicist, physicist. I could be a head teacher. I could be a whatever, whatever I want to be. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, you could be whatever you want to be, too. But however, um, the, the, the dark side of these biases is that some of these biases are stemmed from ways of thinking that that are rooted deep down in our old views okay as we evolved media media is one of the biggest biggest factors for implementing these biases and oh my goodness i hope we start waking up sometime soon and actually start to realize that certain things go on only because of what the media puts our attention on and for example when we're thinking of media back in the 18 late 1800s early 1900s they start they slowly started to you know the crazy thing i'm sorry the crazy i'm going to the crazy thing here is that the bias started to come in and started to actually pinpoint the identity and the description of a black man and the, the what the media let me put it like this. the media put our face and associated our face with words that aren't positive i mean like let's be honest i mean you can you think can you associate if you if you were to put two faces right one black one white can you associate happiness well, who who are you going to associate happiness with and i'm not saying that Neither one aren't happy, but which one is it more easier to associate happiness with, right? And so what happened was uh, there was a show. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but there was this guy who was creeping around. It was it was a, it was an old guy and it was a young, young, like little girl sitting on top of a wooden, um, sitting on top of like a wooden log in the woods somewhere. And there was this, this guy, please listen to me. The guy was not even black. He was not a black guy. He was he was a character who was trying to be, who was trying to be deemed as though he was black. And the unfortunate news is that the the character that this person was playing as though they were a black character was someone who was evil, someone who was trying to do something, someone who was up to no good, someone who who looked suspicious. And with this person looking suspicious, oh, you got to look out for him because of A, B, C, and D. And the thing is, they slowly started to, uh, the, the thing is, the guy was 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 a dark-skinned color, but he was not black. He was a white guy with just a darkened, what's the word I'm looking for? A darkened, um, a, da- a darkened tanned face. Now, as we get into this, right? You slowly start to think, wait a minute, they did this on purpose to make us look like we were actual criminals or we were actually somebody that was out in society not doing well. So then now as we go forward and we actually start to see how the the um, treatments of blacks began to evolve and started to evoke certain emotions in fact not even certain emotions um when we're looking at I mean but these these emotions stem but when we're looking at um when we're looking at the the Tulsa massacre of 1921 
I mean, with the killing of the killing of multiple black people in that community, and the the, destru- the like the destruction that was forced in that in that community, ain't know was crazy. None of those people got compensated. That's the crazy thing. It's it's crazy. It, it, <laughs> I just heard something the other day that slave owners who um in here in England when they were when slave when slavery was when was abolished in ooh, when was it abolished in England? I think it was like eighteen hundreds or somewhere around there. In fact it might have been a bit more sooner. Somewhere around there. Anyway, um the slave owners they got compensated twenty billion, which is three hundred million or three billion, some something along those lines. And the funny the the crazy thing is is that these like we just finished paying their debt in 2015. And so you're telling me that these slave owners got compensated when slavery was over. And and when we look at the Tulsa massacre of 1921, those people who lost their homes or lost their businesses, who lost their society, their community, none of them got compensated. That, Come on, guys. Come on. Let's not. We don't have to go any further than that. Like, this doesn't make sense. I know it's two different countries, but you can imagine if the same thing happened here in England, then the black community wouldn't be uh, compensated for any sort of damage or destruction that took place. Like, come on, guys. Let's let's be honest. Let's just be real here. So, um, but yeah, so, and, and when we're looking at going back to the media thing now, uh, when we're going back to the media thing and we're going forward with it, then they slowly started to put this stereotype, this implicit bias, saying that oh, you know, if if the if the if the biases wasn't strong before, they're stronger now because now we start looking at the criminality and the um, criminal convictions of black people or the black community or black men or. Black individuals, you know, that's a whole nother story in itself. And uh, the unfortunate news is that it's it's one of those ones where we kind of fit, we fit, we ma- we basically check the box. We allowed that box to be checked and become a part of the system that they that, that has been created that has basically put the odds against black men and people in the black community to try and actually do well for themselves. So. It's a lot to really think about when we going into the history and when we're really understanding the nature of the black community's emotion in a in a in a in a contextual sense, just as well as a conceptual sense as well. And so I look at it as though we have a lot of learning to do. We have a lot of healing to do. We we're still carrying burdens. I think everybody's carrying burdens. If I'm honest with you. You know, there's people in a white community, in in all communities, in all ethnic groups that, you know, when life, and this isn't just a race thing, but when life things you feel like you're getting, when you're getting treated unfairly and unjustly and inhumanely, and it's been like, it's been situations where, one, you, you feel like you can't do anything about it. Two, you have done something about it, but then it came back at you with some more brutal force. And three, you either do nothing and it just stays the same. It's like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do in order to try and combat 
the history that is still present is so still present as to, as of today you know it you i don't know to me I, I i try and tell myself i try to change how i speak and how i feel i try to change how i feel about myself by changing what i say to myself and i try to do that as much as i can because it's one of those things i mean you change what you say to yourself you change the state of your feeling and it's like when we're trying to do that when i'm trying to do that we we kind of get into this spot or get into this space where it's like, well, is actually what I'm telling myself really true? I believe it, but it's almost like reality has, reality says something else, but maybe that's just the way and at the angle that I'm looking at it. So it's one of those things to become mindful of and trying to understand that, yeah, you know, unfortunately certain things happen in life, you know, certain things happen in happen in the world in fact in libya I, I read something the other day saying that libya still has human human trafficking i mean there's still there's still all different there's all there's all different forms of slavery going on i mean it's just it's just named differently you know for example um a coach a coach who's coaching players you know and that's if you really want to look at it and you really want to be truthful about it there's still coaches uh, coaches or the slave owners of the team you know it's I tell you what to do, you do this, you do that. Unless you're a human and you just understand that, you know, everybody has their own way of succeeding, so you just kind of step back and let them do their thing. You know, that's that's a way of looking at it. And it's probably the best way of looking at it. And don't try to always own everybody else's decision. You don't own anybody's life. You don't own anybody's game. You allow their game to do the speaking and you just assist and you guide. But unfortunately, that's not the way that it that it feels and that's not the way that it looks in the nature of work you mean you have a boss i mean the boss has a ceo the ceo has the business owner and the business owner has all sorts of other things to 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 talk to and to speak with and so there's always going to be it's almost like there's always going to be something over you something that's um something that's on top of you and this thing that's on top of you is just it's like it's, it's holding something over you where it's like uh it's like a bit like a string. It's like what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a, it's like a string puppet. String puppet. Something is on top of you and it's controlling your arms and it's controlling your head and it's controlling your legs and what direction you walk. You know, it kind of sucks because that's just the system that we're living by. So, the question is, where are we today? I firmly believe that we are caged birds trying to fly out of the cage but however someone has opened the cage but then now we're trying to figure out how to open our wings and learn how to fly and when i put it in that sort of context i mean a lot of lot of the things that's going on right now has opened up opportunities opened up conversations opened up topics opened up movements opened up thoughts opened up everything and right now we're trying to figure out what to do where to go how to be what to do next with the movement i mean black lives matter i think everybody knows that i know black lives matter there's not there's there's no doubt when black lives matter all lives matter (laughs) that simple um but then it's just like well what do we want what are we trying to get out of this whole situation what do we what do we want to change what do we want to empower what do we want to um bring awareness to so that way the thing that we're bringing awareness to can 
uh, can start making us feel what we've been feeling on or start making us feel what we're feeling now. And there's a lot of conversation about defunding the police, um, changing the way that the education teaches black history, not just in schools, but also here in the UK. Uh, there's a lot of change, a lot of talk around around uh, putting more direction and putting more energy into the youth, which I think that's what should be done. There's no doubt about that. There's also a lot of talk about um, police reformation and changing the way that police are trained, which that's definitely crucial as well. In fact, probably the whole mindset of being a police officer gets probably a hard job. You know, they run into some hard people all the time and they run into some difficult people all the time. And sometimes those people that we run into, they don't make their jobs any easier. I think that the psychology or the sociology of understanding the human issues and, and understanding the community, I think they should be designated police officers that work within a certain community and at least that that community knows who the police officer is at the time because when we think about it you know if we have different people coming in and out of our communities all the time we don't know who to trust you know um so i think that's another vital part and i think that's another way of looking at it from the law enforcement point of view because i I don't this is controversial maybe defunding the police is something that we all feel we all feel that frustration of the fact that you know the police over the last few few years over the last over the last century has been so unfair and unjust to to the black community and you know it's frustrating you know if the police aren't there to really protect and serve then why keep them there you know why keep a a a a, a what's the what's that what's that what's that we call it a legalized gang a legalized gang only designed and and directed at controlling the minority, you know, in such a way that is so unfair. I mean, it's sucks because it's like, yeah, the rates of what things happen amongst white, black, Asian, Hispanic, um, and other and all other minority and ethnic groups, you know, it's far different. Like the rate at which things happen is is there's different treatments for different classes in which. That's what is the most most frustrating part about about the police because it's like why well why do you treat us this way and you treat another uh, minority another way like that's where you know what forget it like we don't need you guys like if that's how you guys want to be then we don't need you so that's um I think that's that's kind of like where things are in terms of uh, defunding the police and stuff like that so I mean but then there's other talks that well if you defend the police then you know crime rates might go up or or there's there's going to be more rise in certain things that go into communities and then what you know there's okay <laughs> you know the solution what's the solution for that um i don't have the answers unfortunately i'm not even going to lie to you but i think that's something that can be resolved amongst the community because at the end of the day it's the certain communities that just don't want that only wants certain things in the best, that only have certain things for the best interest. I think in the black community, we've lost, we've lost enough. Even, even not just the unarmed ones, but we're also looking like our, our um, kings and our legends like Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant, um, a couple other individuals, 
that we've lost over the last few years. And it's just kind of like, you know, like there's, there's only so many few that we have of us that we can truly look up to and say, okay, you know what? He's doing what he's doing for whatever he's doing at the level that he's doing it at. So if, if, if that makes sense, you know, that person that's at that level is doing really true and harmonize good things so that's one of the, that's one way that's one of the ways that we're looking at it um and then i mean to be fair like there's there's another guy that just passed last week uh rayshard brooks fortunately such a controversial um controversial moment i mean he he, he got shot shot three times running away from a police officer after he got got into a sort of brutal I don't even say brutal but a physical altercation and the build up to that is um he was in a driveway car was parked in the driveway or drive through actually drive through somewhere in Atlanta and uh he basically fell asleep behind the wheel he was drunk I guess he was drunk he looks like he was drunk. He's intoxicated, probably above the alcohol limit for drink driving, right? And so um, he ended up uh, ended up getting caught on. He, he ended up moving the car away from the drive-through. Ended up parking. Police came because I guess somebody had called or whatever the case is. And then, um, make a long story short, uh, there's like three police officers all talking to him. Well, the first one came up, then the next two came in and it was all told to him seemed like a lovely guy didn't seem like he was actually trying to cause any trouble he didn't want to he wasn't trying to be a, a nuisance be a disruption he probably did just want to go home he wanted to get some food whatever the case is i mean does it seem like something where you know what this guy looks like he's up to no good i mean they even searched him didn't find anything and then um and then one of the police officers, they, I mean, they put him through a test where he had to walk in a straight line. I mean, he partly struggled a little bit. Okay, fair enough. And then um, he ended up having to take a breathalyzer test, took a breathalyzer test. Evidently, he failed it. Okay, fine. He failed a breathalyzer test. But then even before all of this, he's just saying he just wants to go home. He has kids. He has his daughters, et cetera, et cetera. And um and then and then uh after the after the breathalyzer they said or one of the officers said that well the officer was declining the fact that uh, Rayshard Brooks was asking can he just go home and stuff like that but officers seemed to not want to agree didn't seem to want to do anything or didn't seem to work in his favor so breathalyzer he failed it and then make a long story short he ended up he ended up trying to arrest him. Tried to arrest him. Rayshard Brooks resisted. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. For a black man in America, if you get caught in the criminal justice system, it's either one or two things. You're either going to jail, right? Especially when it comes to police. Either going to, you're either going to jail and, you know, you're going to experience the harsh consequences or, you know, you might, you might end up dying right there at the hands of the police. So, it's one of those two things, which is kind of, it's a sad reality to kind of look because all, all mothers, uh, all, all mothers in America, all black moms in America are afraid to, afraid just because of the reality that goes on within the black community. And they don't even know what to tell their, 
their black son or daughter. So if we're talking about uh, going back to Rayshard Brooks, actually, I mean, he resisted arrest. They tried to arrest him. He t- They tussled a little bit, tussled a little bit, um, you know, got him on the ground. He ended up getting back up the ground. In fact, one of the one of the officers that was ready to use a taser tried tried to tase him. He grabbed the taser, and then he after after grabbing the taser, he took it off of him. He ended up finding other police officer, uh, and then he ended up pushing him off, and then he ended up able to break free and run. And one of the officers that was standing up, well, that was partly on the ground, ended up standing up and uh, was running after Rayshard Brooks. And as Rayshard Brooks was running, he turned around. He has his taser, tries to shoot the police officer, and uh, he ends up missing. But then the police officer fired three bullets at Rayshard Brooks, and boom, done. You know, I know it's a, it was a bit of a tragic moment, but in a, in a, what sucks is that it sums up again what the reality for a black man is like in America. Um, in terms of police enforcement and police treatment. And um, <laughs> it's just like, dang, like it literally just happened a few weeks ago. We have another one, you know, and I've seen videos where the complete, where the, where the complete, sus- where the suspect was completely on the other side of the spectrum was, a, was like a white suspect or there's a white suspect. It seemed like the officer had the maximum amount of patience. Maximum. Where this guy, I mean, I, I see I seen videos where the suspect was running at the police, charging at the police, had weapons in their hand ready to ready to harm him. You know what I mean? Like charge. <laughs> oh, I don't want to keep on going. I'll 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 continue to go here, go on a little bit longer. But yeah, it was so it was so mind blown because I'm like, why, how, what, what, what is the difference? Like, you, you, you're more afraid of someone running away with a weapon than you are with somebody charging at you with a weapon. I'm, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying that I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to understand, and where this is where the bias comes in. You know, I think that's something that we're that we all um, have to, well, not even we all, but I, th- I feel as though the law enforcement police officers have to really, really pinpoint. You know, I think labeling all black people uh, guilty before innocent in your mind, it's like it's, a, it's like an unconscious thing. Oh, he must have done something wrong. I pulled him over, so he's done something wrong, so he's guilty. You know, and I think, I think that 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 bias of all black, not all black people, but black men are guilty of something like that's as a black man that is frustrating to feel that because then it puts me on edge you know and it puts me on edge to makes and makes me feel like oh wait a minute and he starts to question myself and you can start to really feel that you actually start to feel something before you can even get to anything else and uh as you're feeling that in an unconscious way your mind is kind of like stumbling you're a bit sweaty your palms your palms are sweaty your, your anxiety anxiety is and stress levels are rising and then at some point your mind kind of like starts to buckle and you feel like things in your mind are making sense so you feel like oh my goodness i should need to I, you know what i mean like there's that there's that there's that uh, unconscious charge that police officers need to dis- disassociate themselves with when it comes to labeling and 
put in um, certain what's the word I'm looking for? Certain words and thoughts associated with certain ethnicities and people. So um, that's one thing. That's the last thing actually that I'm going to talk about there. So anyway, I'm going to end this podcast here. But that was part two of the uh, previous Black Lives Matter movement. And I just wanted to say that it's been a, it's been an interesting journey thus far over the last few weeks. And I just wanted to say that, you know, whatever you're going through, no matter what ethnicity or where you're from or who you are, you know, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying up. Hope you're staying positive because I'm still trying to make sure that I'm doing okay. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm staying up and staying positive. But, you know, I know it's a task and I know it's a challenge. However, we will end up being humans together. <laughs> so take care. Hope you think hope you're staying up. Once again, let's conclude. Think well. Okay, live well to think well. So um conclude it there and I will see or I will speak to you in a bit.